This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter. Well, one thing for sure that video teaches us is that I can't act or sing. <laughs> We're going to dismiss our junior high students, grades 6, 7, 8. Guys, you can head upstairs. If you are new and you're in one of those grades, go ahead up with the other kids. You'll have a great time upstairs. But we, let's get them a hand as they go. We love them. All right. Well, our, our theme this year for Christmas in the City is a storybook Christmas. And when we get together at Christmas time, we are always uh, sharing stories and watching stories. Um, I, I was thinking about a bunch of the stories that we talk about as a family. We have a lot of great memories uh, as a family, different decoration stories and Generally, there was two members of our family that would decorate the tree, and then the other two members of our family we couldn't find. Um, you might have a story like that. I know one of the stories that I always tell at Christmas time is my parents, when they would buy presents for us, they had a very specific hiding place. But the reality was, I knew exactly where that hiding place was. So when they'd be out of the house or somewhere else um, occupied, I would go to this place where the Christmas presents. Um, were packed up and in bags, and I would literally unbox some of the presents that I was going to get um, at Christmas. And as I was recounting the story in first service, my mother groaned. And uh, and this is the way stories are at Christmas time. There's a lot of stories that we that we tell and remember, and they evoke emotions in us. And same thing about the stories that we watch at Christmas time. All of us have favorite movies that we watch at Christmas time, and some of these movies we've watched. Um, dozens of times, but we're still going to watch it this Christmas season. Why? Because there's uh, certain things about certain stories that we really love and care about. And then there's certain sentimentality or certain certain stories that actually make us cry. We know we cry every Christmas, but we want to watch it again, even though that we cry. And really, when we think about stories, the scripture has a big story. You know, we we are going to be talking about the story of Christmas um, all throughout the month of December. And what does this story actually mean to us? Now, when we think about the scripture, some people think about the scripture as just some sort of big rule book or a law book. But if we study the scripture a little bit more in depth, there's this big story arc that we see in the scripture that helps us to understand who God is. And then we can also see and understand the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth. If we go back uh, right to the book of Genesis, we can see sort of this theme and we can see this thread, this narrative that God is teaching us about himself. Right back in the Garden of Eden, we see Adam and Eve, and then we see God coming down and just hanging out, spending time with Adam and Eve. God sort of, we think, sometimes is a distant place, but then God is coming down to spend time with Adam and Eve. And then later on in the book of Genesis, we see God coming down to Abram, whose later name is changed to Abraham. And God uh, creating or cutting a covenant with Abraham, God coming down to man. And then we continue on a little bit in the scripture and the book of Exodus starts with the children of Israel being in bondage, being in captivity. And God shows up to Moses in a burning bush. In other words, God comes down. And there's this thread, this narrative all the way out through, through the scriptures. We have 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, but the story, the same story is told over and over again, God coming down to mankind. And religion, 
The opposite of that, religion is all about God, men trying to achieve something for God, trying to accomplish something for God. The scripture tells us the story, tells us this narrative that God comes down to man. And so this, the scripture, these stories that we read over and over again, ultimately point to Jesus showing up. That God had kept coming down to men, setting man free, setting them uh, free in different contexts. But then ultimately showing up in Jesus himself, God coming down in the flesh, showing up as a child, showing up at a very vulnerable place in a very interesting time. And this story is the same story that was told again, that God comes down to us, that God actually wants to have a relationship with us. So this is the story we're going to be discussing all the way through December. Once again, we're not going to be finding any new scriptures. We're going to be retelling the same story that we know, the same story that we heard. But we want to have the story to have meaning in our lives. Just like the stories that we tell about our families, those stories have meaning to us. The stories that we watch on TV, the movies that we watch, they produce meaning in our lives. And when we think about Jesus himself, that sometimes Jesus would uh, talk to people and they would ask him questions and then he would tell a story. He wouldn't specifically answer the question, but he would say the kingdom of God is like this, and then he would tell a story. So we can learn a lot as we look at the story of Christmas. And so one of the themes that we see in the story of Christmas, one of the things that obviously we know, um, that Jesus was born of a virgin, but there was a prophecy in the Old Testament, in, in the Old Covenant, about the Messiah coming, the Messiah Jesus. And it tells us something about his purpose and his intent for us in our lives. So let's read it here in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and it says this, a very famous verse, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is um, one of the designations of the Messiah, the Messiah to come as was being prophesied about here in the Old Testament that we that we see in Jesus, that Jesus fulfilled all of these Old Testament prophecies, the, the place of his birth and all of these different things. But these, we see here in these verses, in this uh, description of who Jesus is, wonderful counselor, he would be the prince of peace. Once again, we've heard this, we sing about it, we sing about it in the malls. And this is a story told about who Jesus is. So we don't want to just know this story. We want this story to have meaning in our lives. And this is the intended purpose of God showing up in Jesus and us understanding that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That we would know peace and that we would have peace in our lives. Now the word peace, we know if you're familiar at all with the Hebrew language, that word is shalom. Or I'm sure you've heard that word. Someone say shalom. And really that word just means peace. And they would use that as a greeting. They would see each other and they would say shalom, that they would be declaring peace to each other. And then they would leave each other and they would say shalom. Now the word uh, peace is described and defined as this. It doesn't just, means the, doesn't just mean the absence of war. It means wholeness. It means health. It means security. It means well-being. It means salvation. It means completeness, soundness, and then it means quiet tranquility. So once we understand what that word is, we see that that word, the understanding of the idea of peace actually has meaning for our lives, that Jesus, as the Prince of Peace, showing up in a very specific time, 
And then God's intended purpose for us to understand that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but not just a distant prince somewhere else. And not, not a prince, not a ruler necessarily with uh, specific boundaries and a piece of land. But God actually wants us to have Jesus be the prince of our hearts. See, this is one of the problems with Jesus. Uh, some people didn't recognize him as the Messiah that because he didn't set up a kingdom. He didn't set up a kingdom with an army and say, here are my borders. No, he said, I want to be king of your heart. I want to be the prince of your life. I want to have rulership over who you are on the inside. But how does he want to rule in our hearts? He wants to be the prince of peace to us. In other words, he wants us to have soundness in our life. He wants us to have completeness. He wants us to have calm tranquility in the place that he rules. And where does he rule? He wants to rule on the inside of you. We've heard this phrase that he wants to be our Lord and our Savior. In other words, he wants to be in charge of your life. And there's no one more qualified to be in charge of our life than the giver of life. That God is the giver of life. And once again, he comes down to us. He shows up in Jesus as the Prince of Peace. Now, one of the things as it relates to peace um, that has been something that humanity has struggled with uh, since the beginning of time is that man is always trying to make peace with God. And if you see different movies and uh, at different times, you'll see somebody maybe on their deathbed and they'll say, you know, I need to make peace with God. I need to do, I need to do something on my behalf to, to make it right with God. But once again, understanding the story arc of the scripture, that God comes down to man and then does something on our behalf, does something that we could ever, we couldn't actually do. We can't actually make peace with God on our own. We, we are insufficient. We are not enough. We are not perfect enough. And we see this as one of the themes in the New Testament as we understand Jesus is the Prince of Peace. How do we actually make peace with God? Is there a certain very uh, specific um, incantation that I have to say? Is there a very specifically worded prayer that I have to say and then I will make peace with God? No, the scripture teaches us that God has made peace with us Through Jesus. Let's read about it here in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we have peace with God? Through something that I would do, through something that I would accomplish. No, we're going to have peace with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. But we have peace with God. How do we have peace with God? Because God has provided peace for us with him through Jesus. And then he wants the Prince of Peace to rule in our hearts. He doesn't want it just to be a cliche thing. He just doesn't want it to be something we say in December. Well, we're going to sing about the Prince of Peace. No, he actually wants us to experience peace in our life. And the first step is to know that we have peace with God. Same idea here in Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. There is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift 
through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. That word redemption just means bought back. God is buying us back through Christ. So how do I make peace with God? Well, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, or I'm going to uh, partake in religious tradition, or I'm going to do certain things at Christmas time that somehow God would really like. No, we have peace with God through Jesus. And we just read there, it just comes as a gift. God gives us the gift of Jesus. And who is he? He is the Prince of Peace. He makes peace with us and God. He does the work that we couldn't do. And then he wants us to have peace in our lives. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, same idea. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. So we're not re- relying on our ability to keep laws and rules to make peace with God. What we are recognizing and what we're seeing in the scripture is that God comes down to man. God comes down to man, and ultimately, He comes down to man in Jesus. God makes peace with us. And then we just receive that gift that God gives us. We receive the grace that God gives us to, so we can have a relationship with him and then receive the prince of peace. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, it says, There is there therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. How do I make peace with God? Well, I'm going to receive Jesus' righteous record. Not depending on my own, Jesus' righteous record is that he was the sinless lamb of God, lived a sinless life. And because we are in Christ, we are not condemned. We are not condemned now, and we are not condemned in eternity because we're perfect, because we've made peace with God. No, Jesus made peace with God, and then we just receive the gift of who he is. So once again, focusing on this idea That Jesus is our Lord and Savior, but who is he? He is the Prince of Peace. Once again, not just a slogan, not just an idea, but he actually wants us to have peace in our lives. He wants us to have calm tranquility in our hearts. Now, when we think about the Christmas season, we don't think calm tranquility, do we? We think about the malls and we think about Christmas parties that we have to go to and we're thinking about, uh, we're thinking about seeing certain family members. Does everybody know who I'm talking about? Certain family members that you have a long history with and you maybe don't get along and they're, they're sort of, you know, that person in the family and if you can't think of anybody, you might be that person. And so sometimes we struggle with, at, with peace, even at this time when we're celebrating peace. We're celebrating the Prince of Peace coming to the earth, but then we have no peace. Because we've got to shop, and we've got to cook, and we've got to do this, and we've got to prepare, and we've got to go to this party, and we've got to do this. And we could actually not be experiencing peace in the time when we're celebrating the Prince of Peace. But we don't want it to be just cliché. We don't want it to be just meaningless. We want this idea, the idea of Christmas, the idea of God coming down in Jesus to be meaningful. So God wants us to have peace in our relationships. He wants us not to just know the Prince of Peace, but he actually wants us to have peace within the context of our homes, in in the middle of our relationships. Romans chapter 14, verse 19 says this, So then... Let us pursue what makes 
for peace and mutual upbuilding. So what are we supposed to be doing in the context of our relationships? Pursue peace. Now we know that person, that relative, that person that you have to see that you're not looking forward to seeing, spending time with at the staff Christmas party or at the family get-together. That person that you're just not excited about, that you love from a distance. What does God want us to do? He wants us to pursue what makes for peace. That I would pursue calm tranquility. I don't know what they're going to do. And in fact, you can pretty much count on it. They're not going to do it. That they're going to pick a fight with somebody at some point during this Christmas season. But what are we going to do? We're going to pursue peace. We're going to provide peace in situations. Why? Because we follow the Prince of Peace. God's peace is actually down on the inside of us so we can bring peace to our relationships. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. That we are going to be finding ways this Christmas season to be making peace in our relationships. You know, when we, we, when we, do you ever remember, can you think about an argument that you had with somebody, your spouse or a family member? You remember that fun moment in life? And then sometimes, you know, we can win an argument, but lose out on the relationship. We can prove ourselves right. I was right. You were wrong. And say it and say it and say it and be really mean and be very specific about that person's faults and shortcomings. And, and we're just going to go at them and go at them and go at them. We win the argument. But we lose out on the relationship. See, God doesn't want us to live like that. He wants us to be pacemakers. Not be taking away from peace. Not be taking away from someone else's peace. Those of us that we say we follow the Prince of Peace. Jesus is saying to us that he wants us to be peacemakers and that we would be bringers of peace. James chapter 3 verse 17 says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What is the wisdom of God is first pure and then is peaceable. Wisdom, the idea, the connotation of wisdom is about what I'm doing now, how does it affect my future? The thing that I'm deciding right now, the choice that I'm making in this moment, wisdom would say what I'm saying and what I'm doing, how is it going to affect my future, my family's future? So the wisdom that's from above, it's pure and that is peaceable because then what does he say? He talks about that we're going to um, sow and we're going to have a harvest. And what type of harvest do we want to reap in our lives? Do we want to sow anger and envy and frustration and unforgiveness? Or do we actually want to reap a harvest of peace? I think we want to reap a harvest of peace. So what should we be doing in the context of our relationships? I'm going to bring peace. I'm going to bring calm tranquility. I'm going to bring soundness to my relationships. Why? So I can reap that harvest. I want to have a harvest of peace in my home. Anybody out there want to join me in that idea? How are we going to do it? Well, I 
I'm going to sow peace. I'm going to sow peace. I'm not going to worry about what other people are doing or not doing. Because I want to receive a harvest of peace. So what am I going to do? I'm going to sow peace into the context of my relationships. Ephesians chapter 2. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he says this. But now in Christ, you were once far away. You have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So once again, this idea that God does something in Christ, that we were far away from God, but God does something in Jesus and he calls us to himself. Verse 14, for he himself is our peace. Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, he is our peace. Yes, he is our peace with God, but then let's continue reading. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. What is Paul talking about here? What is this big idea that Paul is talking about? Well, there was this idea in this time, uh, specifically for Jewish people, that they had a covenant with God. And so there was those that had a covenant with God and those that didn't, the Jews and the Gentiles. And what Paul is saying, that in Christ, that dividing line, that dividing line, that us and them mentality is gone away in Jesus. There's no more us and them. And then he said, because of what Jesus did, there is one new humanity. Man, and this helps us so much in our relationships. Because if you think that you are one of the best ones, that you're one of the chosen ones and other people aren't, what do you think? You think, I'm this and they're this. But in Christ, there is one new humanity. So that I can bring peace to all of my relationships, that everybody is worth my time. Everybody is worth me bringing peace to because in Christ, he is our peace. One new humanity. No more us and them. No more us against them. See, the Prince of Peace wants us to experience peace, not just to say those three words, Prince of Peace. No, he actually wants us to have peace in our relationships. And that mentality is so important. There's no more dividing line. There's no more us and them. There's no more way for me to think about how do I separate myself from the other humans based on a thousand different categories. No. What God says to us that in Christ, we are one. Doesn't the world need this idea? Come on now. Doesn't the world need this idea? I'm not better than you based on any category. There's no more dividing line that God calls us to have peace with one another. And those of us, once again, that say we follow the Prince of Peace, man, let's bring peace to our relationships. Let's bring peace in situations where, hey, we shouldn't get along because of this, but I'm going to be a peacemaker in this context, in this situation. So important in our lives. And then the other time where we need peace, not just in relationships, but also we need peace peace in the middle of difficult circumstances. John chapter 16, verse 33 says this, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. We just read that a second ago, that in Christ, we have peace. Jesus words here that in me, you will have peace. 
In the world, you will have tribulation. Has anyone found that to be true? If you haven't found out that to be true, you just haven't lived long enough yet. But it's a struggle. The world that we live in is a little bit of a struggle. It's a little bit of a difficulty. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in our world. In the world, there's going to be tribulation, difficulty, struggle, a bad circumstance, the stuff that we wouldn't choose. But then Jesus says this, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He says this, in me, you're going to have peace. In me, you'll have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. In other words, both things are happening simultaneously. Both things are going to go on constantly in your life. You are going to experience tribulation, struggle because of the enemy, because of bad choices, because of humanity, because of the broken world that we live in. We're going to experience trouble and difficulty. But Jesus said also in the middle of that, take heart, I've overcome the world. And in me, you're going to have peace in the midst of the struggle In the midst of the world that we live in, with all of its problems, with all of its wars, with all of its rumors of wars, with all of the dysfunction that goes on and all the terrible things that happen in our world, Jesus says, in me, we can still have peace. Where is that peace that he's talking about? Man, it's on the inside of me. He's not saying that one day that everything will be perfect in the world. No, but every day we can experience his peace. You're going to have tribulation, but in me, we're going to have peace. Both of these things are going on at the same time. And this is where we take the idea of the Prince of Peace and we make it real in our lives. And we make it important in our lives. John chapter 14. Jesus here talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Why? Because there is no peace in the world. Is there? If we look out in the world system, if we look out about how certain countries think about each other, can we look out in the world and think, this is a peaceful situation, isn't it? No, we don't think that way. Not as the world gives, not as the world system gives. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So we don't have to look out and try to get peace from the world system. Where are we going to get peace? We're going to get peace on the inside of us as we follow the Prince of Peace. He says to us, I give you peace. That he says, he is our peace. It's personal with God. So experiencing peace is not the absence of negative circumstances. It's understanding this idea that God is always present. And if God is present, there's peace. The richness of who God is. The understanding that God sent Jesus. And who is he? He is the Prince of Peace. And in him, we have a relationship with God. And God wants us to bring peace to our relationships. The fullness of the presence of God is with me regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of what this Christmas season may look like. Regardless of how busy it is. Regardless of what they do. 
the fullness of the presence of God, the fullness of the Prince of Peace <coughs> is in my life. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says this. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless unto our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Spirit, soul, and body, that's all of you. But what does it say about God? The God of peace. God shows up in our lives, in our hearts, with soundness, wholeness, calm tranquility, right in the middle of tribulation right in the middle of the storm, right in the middle of the world that we live in. With all of its things that we could maybe be afraid of, with all the threats of wars and what about the economy and what about our political situation, in the middle of that, God is present and he's present with his peace. It's not the absence of circumstances, it's the realization of the presence of God in our lives and his constant help. The scripture says, an ever-present help in time of trouble. We'll finish with this story here in Mark chapter 4. Like I said, the whole idea of Christmas in this city this year is to learn from stories. So let's learn from this story. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it says, On that day when the evening had come, he said to them, Jesus, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. Verse 37, and a great windstorm arose. Do you ever feel like that? You're going somewhere. You got a purpose. And then all of a sudden, the wind shows up. A storm shows up in the middle of a situation where you're excited to go somewhere. You feel like God has placed something in your heart. And then all of a sudden windstorm something comes against the plans and purposes of god in your life a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling but he was in the stern asleep on a cushion talking about jesus and they woke him said to him teacher don't you care that we are perishing and he awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus is there in their boat, but what are they doing? They're freaking out. They forgot that Jesus was in their boat. They said goodbye to their peace and they were like, what's happening around us? They're like, Jesus. And where is he? He's still in the boat. Jesus is still in your boat. Even if there is a windstorm that has arisen. Even if there's stuff that's come your way that you didn't want. And what is the first thing that he says? Peace. Not just a story. Not just something to remember, but actually something for us to experience in our lives. That God never leaves us or forsakes us. The fullness of his presence 
reminds us that we have the Prince of Peace in our lives. Let's just pray this morning. God, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, that Scripture teaches us about Jesus, that he is the Prince of Peace. And God, this Christmas season and beyond, we want to remember that you have made peace with us through Jesus. That we won't strive and struggle anymore. That we will just rely on your grace. Rely on your love. Rely on your goodness. And God, also, we just need your help this Christmas season in our relationships. God, help us to be peacemakers. Help us to bring peace to those around us. And God, we also thank you that this Christmas season we know that we're going to experience some difficulties and some struggles. But that doesn't matter because we know that you are still with us. That we can have your peace because we have you. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.